sisters. We greet those of you who are joining us on live stream and those of you who have tuned in or listening to this at a later date. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the preeminent Son of God, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. We are continuing today in our series on the person of Jesus Christ. The intent of this series is to make you more acquainted with him, not just in an intellectual sense, but in a, in a fellowship sense. More acquainted in the same sense that a, that a father and a child are acquainted with one another, or a husband and a wife. Each one of these messages will present to you a profound facet of the person of Jesus Christ, and as these messages of truth are considered by faith and focused upon, the mind becomes renewed. The inner man becomes strengthened. And from this vast, potent, and infinite source of life, I will always endeavor to preach, and I make no apologies for doing so, and I give thanks for the privilege to be able to. So today our, our text is in Luke thirteen twenty four. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in, shall not be able. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. Today in many churches across this nation and all over the world, the people are being promised good things. There are promises of hope. Promises of restoration, promises of goodness and blessing. There is even the greater promise held out of an entrance into heaven at the end of this life. And while many of these ministers are faithful to proclaim all these things to the people, today not all of them are telling the truth about how to really obtain them. You know, I've had my fill of supposed ministers promising a way into heaven by cheap means. That somehow it's as simple as saying a sinner's prayer or by making a verbal confession of faith or agreeing with a, with a set of theological tenets that somehow people can have such blessings apart from any real effort to obtain them. And I'm not talking about earning them, God forbid, You notice this today, that the second that you mention a word about your effort or about your involvement, you can be sure to be verbally assaulted by the modern religious world with accusations of preaching a salvation by works. But let me be clear, we cannot earn our salvation by our own merit, but we must reach out and take hold of it. What God gives must be obtained. It must be appropriated. And it never can be when men sit and do nothing. Wherever Christian leaders promise the entrance into an abundant blessing of God without striving. They have lied to the people and have trampled the words of Jesus Christ underfoot. The gospel calls us to action always, never to idleness. And by the grace of God, we are able. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Jesus said that many would seek to enter this gate. When you really think about it, 
How is it possible for everlasting life, joy, comfort, blessing, honor, wealth, peace, and rest to be unattractive to those who really consider it? Who doesn't want those things? Would anybody dare to raise their hand that they don't want any of those things? What rational human being thinks that the offer of everlasting life is anything but an incredible offer? When you really think about it, these are all things that people are already seeking after. People already want to live forever. They want to be happy. They want to be in comfort. They want rest from their burdens. And they want to be wealthy. They want to be blessed. They are all things that our good and loving God has promised in his word. Everyone lives in a fallen world full of hardship and grief and pain and suffering and injustice. Who isn't drawn by the promise of healing or relief from sickness and toil? Who doesn't want to feel safe in the midst of chaos and turmoil? Who isn't drawn by the thought of home or family or fellowship or belonging or love? Not only that, But all men fear and avoid things like suffering and torment and death. They're afraid of what they don't know. All of which God has said awaits those who will be turned into hell. Who can consider the prospect of an everlasting torment in the lake of fire? the torments of hell, and not want to enter the gate to the city of refuge. Many people are looking for things in the world, but they're not satisfied with what they found in the world. They're they're actively seeking for these things, and the, the prospect of obtaining them, that sounds good. But Jesus said that many would seek to enter, but they would not be able to. This is because there is a considerable difference between seeking and striving. It's the difference between a message that sounds nice on the surface, but isn't really the truth. It's the difference. It's the difference between counting the cost and jumping in. And any message that leaves the people thinking that they can enter in without striving is a message straight from hell and fit for the garbage can and is by no means good news to anybody. See, a person can seek God half-heartedly, but no person who strives is half-hearted. See, striving is wholeheartedly seeking. Jesus demonstrated this quite often when he was on the earth. For example, there were 12 there were 12 disciples whom he had chosen. But there were also other disciples who followed him as well. And one day Jesus said to all of them, "Verily, verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you." 
Now, how did they respond to that? They said it was a, they said it was a hard saying. And it said, it's written in John 6, verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Well, if that happened today, some, some people today would have thrown Jesus out the building for not being seeker-friendly. But a striving person applies every ounce of themselves into, into believing to enter this gate. They give every effort to believe God and to not doubt him. Even, even when he's not understood, they stand upon his word. James said of those who doubt God, let, let not that man even think that he'll receive anything from God. Those who enter this gate must in no way doubt God. See, you must believe. See, that this gate isn't entered by working. This, this gate is entered by believing. It's entered by faith. A seeking person only becomes a striving person when they seek with their whole heart as it is written, and you will seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart, spoke the prophet Jeremiah. Jesus said, so likewise... Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I'm talking about entering the straight gate. He said, if any man comes to me and hates not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. A striving person is a person who rids themselves of any conflict of interest. A person who strives to enter yields to God despite other competing influences that would impose themselves upon that entrance. When they are forced to choose between entering in or anything else, they, they yield to God, see, intentionally, deliberately. They forsake all to follow. Striving includes a proper focus and attention and a set affection. A striving person has their face set like a flint. Striving to enter this gate means you must be determined in the face of opposition and will not be turned aside by it. But not only this, a striving person understands that there's opposition that they will encounter. And, it, and does not consider it strange when this opposition occurs and has set themselves to resist it. As a result, a striving person stands during persecutions, during trials and tribulations, having done all to stand. A striving person fights the good fight of faith, and it's a real fight. A striving person resists the devil, and it's a real resistance. Let's not pretend a striving person trusts God even when every and all in the entirety of the circumstance appears hopeless and impossible. We can say we're well able to take the country. A striving person can do these things because they press in to obtain grace to help in the time of need. 
This grace is crucial to entering the straight gate because this grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly and righteously in this present world. It teaches us to put off things that will not enter a straight gate. And it is a straight gate. Now, straightness is mentioned in the scripture. The most common occurrence is when somebody is said to to have done something straightway or right away. That is immediately, directly, and without any deviation. It's used that way almost 60 times, but then it's used another handful of ways in this context. And it's used throughout the scripture. For example, the ark was sent back to Israel. It says in 1 Samuel 6.12, on the straight way, not going to the left or to the right. David often prayed that the Lord would make his way straight. Isaiah spoke of preparing the way for the Messiah. He said, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Ezekiel spoke of straight feet in the vision, sparkling like brass. The Hebrews writer penned, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. The straight is equivalent to right. A straight gate is actually a gate of righteousness. Those who are upright enter a straight gate. It does not provide, see, a straight gate does not provide any entrance to anything that deviates from the truth. It is written, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. David said, for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. He prayed, O continue. Thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. A straight gate is also a narrow gate. As it is written, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. A straight line is also a perfect line. And is the only unique direct route between two points. See, this is a... This is not a gate that natural men just stumble upon. This is a gate that must be preached. The straight gate must be preached. We must direct men's attention to the straight gate because there's few to be that find it. Absolutely nothing crooked can pass through this gate. No one can come to Jesus with ill intentions or crooked motives. Hypocrites and pretenders cannot enter this gate. Those who seek to serve Jesus for the intent of living for themselves cannot enter this gate. Those who want the benefits of God but aren't interested in living for God cannot enter this gate. It's a cross-shaped gate, as Charles Spurgeon said. The old cannot pass through it. No person who is shaped and conformed by the crooked things of the world can pass through a straight gate. This gate is like the perfect filter that only allows straight things through. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are all things contrary to straightness. 
These things in and of themselves are crooked. They cannot enter in. As it's written, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. Ecclesiastes 1.5 A person who minds earthly things rather than heavenly things, who is captivated by the objects and affairs of this life, will actually be incompatible with the entrance into heaven. There are some people who seek to enter the gate, but they're like carrying the contraband of the world with them. They cannot enter. They seek to enter holding, holding on to their love and trust of riches. They seek to enter holding a preference for something other than God. They will not be able. A person given over to carnal desires who is utterly dominated by their body. They can't fit through this gate. The message to those who are caught up in the sin of the world is not Jesus loves and accepts you. For if they come to him holding fast to themselves and to their sin, they will not be able to enter. The message to such people is repent. Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. (coughs) Stop walking crooked. (coughs) Make an effort to put these things away. And you will find in that posture of truly forsaking (coughs) in that posture of truly forsaking all and in true repentance that you will be able to enter in. The rich young ruler is but one example of a man who came seeking to enter this gate. He said, good master, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? You can almost hear the eagerness in his voice. But although he seemingly was eager at first and initially convinced that he was able and qualified to obtain what Jesus had to offer. However, even though he sought to enter, thank you. Even though... He sought to enter. He found that he was not able because it required a forfeiture that he was unwilling to make and he went away sad. No worldly man will inherit the kingdom of God in that state and neither will a proud man. A proud man is, is one to certainly not fit through the gate even though he thinks that he will or worse yet, believes that he's already entered into the gate. There is no coming to Christ with a proud heart. No one will enter the gate rejecting the words of Jesus Christ. Only those who humble themselves will be exalted, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And you need need grace to enter a straight gate. Many people who put off entering this gate until a later time, there's people who, who actually do this. They'll, they, they'll put off today what they're supposed to be doing today. They'll put it off. Many people who put off entering this gate until a later time may also find that they're not able to enter in when they, when they seek to do so. The foolish virgins did this, didn't they? They didn't bring enough oil in. 
And when the bridegroom was coming, they ran out of oil. And the wise said, go, go and get for yourself. And while they were gone, seeking after the oil, the bridegroom came. Don't be like the one who seeks the oil in the midnight hour. Keep it with you. Some people even this day have put off seeking after God, presumptuously thinking that they will somehow be able to find him at a later date. Your deathbed is never the time to find the Lord. If you even have one and don't die in your normal everyday course of living, your deathbed is a time to trust upon the Lord that you've known and have accepted and that you have assurance in. Now is the accepted time. Striving to enter the straight gate will require making good use of all the time that you've been afforded. There are many, I am convinced, who have deceived themselves into thinking that they could live for themselves now and repent later, only to find out that they were not able to enter in. Death is closer than any of us dare imagine. Make sure to give attention to what God has provided for you today, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And the straight gate is the only gate of entrance. There, there is no other gate. There's no other way. It's the, only, it's the only way in. Other people have been deceived in the thinking that their own good works and their own merits will get them in. In the Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim, he encountered a man that didn't enter in at the gate. And he didn't have, he didn't have the certificate. But he commended himself on all the good things that he had done and had, how he had given the charity, but, but he didn't enter in at the gate and was subsequently rejected. Inside of this gate is every conceivable blessing, resource, protection, and substance that exists. All life, all purpose, all joy, all peace, all substantive reality. It's on the other side of this gate. God himself is on the other side of this gate. And we have access to it. We live in a day where we have unbridled access to the straight gate. There is absolutely no reason not to strive to enter into it. And trust me, you don't want to be on the outside of this gate when he appears. For outside of it is eternal punishment and wailing and gnashing of teeth and the terrors of hell. There is only one way, and that is through the man, Christ Jesus. And we love him because he first loved us. See, as we've said, his straight gate is not entered by working, but by believing. By le- we lean the whole weight of our soul on God and what he said. We believe in Christ. We love him because he first loved us. We're able to enter a straight gate because God is able to make those by faith straight. He spoke through the prophet Isaiah, and I I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. And I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. 
If your soul can reach forward today and latch on to that promise, you've been blessed. The gates of heaven will admit no one who has not been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You want to live your life by your own understanding, just groping and in your own, in your own faculties? That's, that's the broad way that leads to destruction. But if you trust in the promise and the direction of the straight gate, if you, tr- if you, if you can direct, direct your attention to the straight gate, that leads unto life. There is a gate that leadeth to life, of which is straight, yet hard to find, where crooked things of dark invention and false motives and ill intention can never pass this cross-shaped gate, for it filters out what isn't straight. And so because it's hard to find, it must be preached to all mankind to put others always in mind. A way is made and now's the time. Now's the time. Don't put it off. You won't enter it if you're a sloth. It's only open for a moment here and it will shut when he does appear. To enter in, you must forsake all of your sin. Your soul's at stake. The gate is straight. A gate that's right. To enter in, we all must fight. The fight of faith and pressing in, resisting and striving against sin. To enter in and never quit. And always to the Lord commit. For when competition shows its face, we're driven to that throne of grace. A grace that teaches us to deny. And in all things it does supply the things we need to make this gate that only admits what is straight. Oh, do not wait today to strive. Tomorrow you may not be alive. Strive, yes, strive to enter in. And hold it fast until the end. For if you would win Christ the Son, you must be determined as you run. This blessing set upon the table. Will you enter in or not be able? Will you be wise and count the cost or be as those forever lost? Or will you enter in to joy and blessing who fit the gate and pass the testing? Let this be such a thought arresting, because no one enters it who's only guessing. Jesus Christ, the way to life, unspeakable blessings, they lie inside, worthy to die for, worthy to strive. So we proclaim the person of Christ. Thank you, brethren. Amen.